0: Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we're going to cover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all listeners tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and now let us begin. I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I pray to the Lord that it is treating you well so far. Today's episode is a pretty heavy one, but full of good news and great joy. So, today we're talking about anxiety. You know, in this life, in this world, it is truly an anxiety ridden world. Everywhere you look up, down, left, right, TV, internet, phone, whatever it is, it seems like there's anxiety inducing material that just hits us whether it's comparing ourselves to one another on Facebook whether it's seeing these uh, new homes and these multi-million dollar homes that you see on TV and or even in your local community you see people who are thriving and having a great life seemingly and that creates some type of anxiety or worry that you don't have that. So you need to have those things to be accomplished or feel good about yourself. When in reality, the person that you're envying is just as broken as you are. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is worry, nervousness, or a feeling of unease. Biblically, it has those same components, but it's also talking about going into pieces, being pulled apart. And those are the things that really identify what anxiety is. And here's the thing. A lot of times, we are anxious about things that are truly out of our control. I mean, if you think about the causes, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. Now, trauma is something that is heavily emphasized in the schools, but the breakdown of the family is one of the key components of long-lasting anxiety and worry. I mean, you think about people being brought up in a godless home where these children are experiencing drinking and drug use and physical and emotional abuse. You know, those things take its toll. But here's the other thing, too, because some people might fire back. Well, not... Every home that doesn't believe in God is like that. No, absolutely not. But what are you, as a parent who doesn't believe in God, instilling in your children? Because being in the schools, I can tell you right now, there's a lot of children that do not have proper guidance, that are not being brought up in the way they are supposed to be, in my opinion. And that's a hot topic as well because how dare you tell me how to parent. But going back to it, so what really causes anxiety? A lot of stress buildup, work, finances, illnesses. Those are very, very challenging things. I saw a TV commercial ad just yesterday It was this lady sitting on a yoga mat, and she was sitting crisscross, and her kids were running around her, and she was starting to have a very uncomfortable face on her. So she gets this big package of these gummies, and I was like, what is that? She takes one, instantly starts smiling and feels great, and then she's playing with her kids. And then the commercial was basically saying that these are gummies to help reduce and manage anxiety and stress. I got news for you, everybody. You don't need a gummy to help you reduce your stress. You don't need a doctor writing you a prescription to help with anxiety and stress. Because we are going to find out today the keys to going from anxiety to peace. And it's going to sound like it's too good to be true, but it's really that simple. So with your Bibles, I would like you to please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. And we are going to read verses 25 through 34. Listen to this. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food or the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap "'nor gather into barns, "'and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. "'Are you not worth much more than they? "'And you, who by being worried "'can add a single hour to his life? "'And why are you worried about clothing? "'Observe how the lilies of the field grow. "'They do not toil, nor do they spin. "'Yet I say to you that not even Solomon "'in all his glory "'clothe himself like one of these. "'But if God so clothes the grass of the field, "'which is light today and tomorrow, "'is thrown into the furnace, "'will he not much more clothe you, "'you of little faith? "'Do not worry then, saying, "'What will we eat? "'Or what will we drink? "'Or what will we wear for clothing? "'For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things.' For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wow. It's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? Some people will probably listening like, "Well, this doesn't sound like a cure for anxiety to me." Well, let's let's get into this a little bit. So I'm going to hit you with some truth right now, okay? Fretting, worry, and anxiety all show a lack of trust in God. A lack of trust in his wisdom, his sovereignty, and his power. When you are anxious about things, you are not trusting in God. About a year and a half ago, I was dealing with a health issue that kind of came up out of nowhere, making a big deal about it, calling my parents quite a bit, and finally they were just like, would you please just go in and get it checked out? And so I did that. I'm all nervous. I go in and everything is checking out good. And the doctor just said, look, everything's good. Uh, This might be an issue, but nothing, nothing serious you need to overly worry about. But here's the thing. When you have anxiety and stress, that elevates that to where it's a little more pronounced. And so... He even told me about a situation about his daughter where she would call him almost on a daily and ask him, am I okay here? Am I okay with this? Am I okay with that? And he said that she would just work herself up into a frenzy to where she would actually make herself like feel sick or ill and reality that she was okay. And sometimes I think we can do that with health issues. Those are definitely things that we, we struggle with because honestly, it's our body is in a way like betraying us. And, and, uh, you know, it, the older you get, the more you realize like, wow, it's, you know, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, however old you are, those many years have gone by. And, you know, I used to get really upset and, and worked up over my kids getting sick. I mean, I look back on it now and I think, wow, that was pretty silly of me to do that. But, you know, I, I did call my dad one time when my kids were sick and, you know, they had fevers and whatever. And and I was acting like my kids are the first time in history that a kid has ever been sick. And so, you know, I was talking to him and basically he gave me some a piece of advice that I wanted to ignore because it's not what I wanted to hear, but honestly, it's absolutely what I needed to hear. And he said, you know, you believe in God, right? And I said, well, yes. And you believe that he's in control of all things, right? Yes. So what do you worry about? And I was just kind of thinking, I told him, well, I don't want my kids being sick. He's like, I understand that. But do you believe that God has your best interest in, at heart? Yes. Has He always taken care of you? Yes. Is He still going to continue to take care of you? Yes. Then it's time to put your faith where your mouth is. And honestly, that was true, uh, truly, what I needed to hear at that point in time. And that's why I'm saying to you all, you know, I, I know there's some things that you're going through that are seemingly makes the world flip upside down but i want to encourage you today jesus said three times do not worry do not worry do not worry so i'm gonna give you a couple keys here to unlock the door to peace so that we can go from anxiety to peace here's key number one we need to delight and meditate on the word of god Please turn with me to Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. And we will also read verse 3 as well. Here's what it says. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Now, if you remember, this is right out of the book of psalm chapter one that we actually did an episode called where are you planted and this is exactly it right here but verse two is one i us to focus on right now is because we need to delight in the law of the lord that means we need to delight in his word and that needs to be our meditation day and night day and night Now I want you to look with me to Psalm 119. We're going to look at two verses here. Verse 97 and verse 165. So let's go to verse 97. Here's what it says. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. I was recently in the Bible study and I had people telling me when I exhorted to them that you need to be in the word of God as often as you can. And someone fire back saying, well, you can't be in the word of God when you're driving. Like, yeah, I said, yeah, but you can listen to it. Now I'm not saying that you need to listen to the word of God or read the word of God every single moment of every single day. That would be ideal if we could. But the reality is we have responsibilities. We have things to do, but it doesn't mean that in those moments that you forget about the word of God. Because if the Word of God is what you're meditating on all day long, if that's in the forefront of your mind, guess what? When you go through these stressful situations, you're not going to react worldly because you'll be in that Word. You'll be given a peace. You'll be thinking of, oh, I need to pray right now. Because here's the deal. More often than not, We try to take things into our own hands, and that's just not the case. We need to develop a genuine, sincere, Holy Spirit driven love for the Word of God. And that does take time, it's not an instantaneous thing. But now, listen to verse 165 in the same chapter those who love your law have great peace. And nothing, nothing causes them to stumble. Ladies and gentlemen, we could literally end right here. If you don't love God's word, you are missing out on the peace that he gives and that comes through his word. So you have to develop this love for the word of God. It's just like anything else. The more you spend time in it, the more it it's going to draw your affections to it. Trust me when I tell you that there was a point in time where I thought, you know what? I'm good. I have a lot of Bible knowledge. I, I did studies three times a week and I went to Bible college. Yeah, I'm good. I have all the knowledge, but you know what? The more I started drifting away from the Word of God and it sitting there collecting dust, the more I became the old self. So when we walk with the Lord, we walk in His Word, that's habitual daily conduct. And that cannot be outside of the Word of God. You can't be a Christian, and not being in God's Word. I cannot stress that enough. So one big key, number one here, is delighting in the Word of God and staying in the Word of God. That is so important. Here's key number two. This is also a huge one. Praying with a thankful heart in unwavering confidence and trust in the Lord. I know that was quite a bit, but if we're going to shorten this up, Prayer and trust in God. Prayer and trust in God. Now, where I'm going to take you at right now is Isaiah 55, verse 9. You heard me quote this many times before, but it's so important. It says, For as the heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See here, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now when I was getting all worked up and my kids were sick and everything else like that, let me tell you something. I was not trusting in God and I wasn't trusting in his provision and his sovereignty. I was just, it was like like a sheep that got spooked by some outside force and lost focus on the great shepherd. And here's what we do. Here is what we do. When we go through stressful situations, when we get gut punched or sucker punched by life, you know what we end up doing first? Number one, we always go off of emotion. We start getting emotional. And number two, we start going to every single other person. Usually it's family members first, then friends. We go tell our problems to everybody else except God. He is our last resort. Why? Because we forget. That flesh starts to starts fire up again, and we start to lose focus. We have to truly trust God. And that, my friends, is hard to do. But the moment we realize that God is God and we are not, and he loves us and is going to take care of us, the better off we'll be. I even asked my dad. Again, I'm bringing my dad into this a lot, so I hope he listens to it. But I asked him one time, I was like, Dad, when we were going through like really hard times, because there are some situations with my family, I'm not going to share right now, but major health issues that happened. And I said, how did you get through it? And he said, you know, I used to worry just like you did. But first off, it's a sin. And second, what good is worrying going to do? Because we just read in Matthew 6, it's not going to add a single hour to your life. It's fruitless. It's pointless. And here's the other thing. I trust God that if anything happens to me, that because he is good, because he is our God, that he can absolutely and adequately take care of my family. And I thought, you know what? Wow. Thank you God that I have I have a godly father who is able to give me these type of encouragement and words of truth. Now listen to Job 13:15 and see if this doesn't match up perfectly here. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Nevertheless, I will argue my ways before him. You know what? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. No matter what happens, I will hope and trust in the Lord. Now, I'm going to read a couple of Psalms to you real quick. Okay, they're going to read these in pretty rapid succession. But it's going to be well worth it. Psalm 31, 14 says, But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. Now, listen to Psalm 34, 4-8. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. And he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, fear God, and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And just a few verses down for 15 through 19, listen to these. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them of the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I mean, that's why we pray to this holy, righteous, good, faithful God. Because that's what he'll do. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to get really personal with you right now. And some of you that listen to me for a while have already heard this story. Maybe it'd be a nice refresher. But a few years ago, about four years ago, my wife came home early from work and she never does that she never does that and she came home and said she wasn't feeling the greatest and i thought oh well i'm sorry it's you know it's probably this and said so just th- some things were just kind of not feeling right and we thought well let's just kind of see how it goes and then we decided to err on the side of caution we went to the hospital and it turns out she had an ectopic pregnancy which i Didn't know what he was meaning by that. Never heard of that before at the time. And so I was wondering what he was saying. But the only thing I heard was pregnancy. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. We are going to be parents again to a fourth child. And the doctor's look on his face was anything but reassuring. He said, she needs to go into surgery right now. Because she's bleeding internally. And I'm like, say what? And then the last thing I remember happening before she went back to the operating room is she told me that she was scared. And I said, it's, everything's gonna be okay. We prayed. I said, everything's gonna be okay. I'll be, I'm right here with you. And then of course, after she got taken back and I was checking on my kids, I came back to the hospital. I just, I lost it. And yeah, that's all you can do is pray. That's the only thing you can do is pray. And you know what? Even in the midst of all that chaos, in the midst of all the turmoil, listen listen to what Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7 says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all the mind, all the understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Scripture is what I held on to. So key number one. Key number two, I was deep in prayer. Now, was I thankful I was going through that situation? Absolutely not. But I saw the beauty and closeness of God. The provision. Now, let me ask you this would he be justified in taking her that night? Yes. He he would be justified. He's God. When he wants my wife, when he wants my kids, when he wants me, it's time. I have to trust that he works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. We're going to read about that later. But ladies and gentlemen, this life is not our own. It is a gift of God And he's given us time on this earth. By all rights, the moment we are cognitively aware of our sin, he has every right to take us at that moment. He does. He has every single right. But he's patient with us, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance to his son. You know what? I was anxious that night. But prayer calmed me down. I had I had so many people praying for us, and by the grace and mercy of God, He allowed her to live. And when I reflect on those things, it makes me appreciate those moments and these moments I have now all the more. And it frustrates me when I mess up and cause issues and and say foolish things because... I have to go back and remember that time, like, you could be without her right now. You know? But God says in those moments, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because he is God and he has everything under control. That doesn't mean that sickness, illnesses, diseases, or harm will ever not befall you. We are not exempt from that. But what it does mean is that God will give us the grace and the peace of mind that surpasses all comprehension. So that is key number two. Here's key number three. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what does that mean? It means seeking out Jesus Christ as the only hope of salvation. Because going back to Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us Again, this third key here is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that added to you means here, here's what it means it means all these things will be provided to you. People worry about what they'll eat, what they'll drink, what they wear. There's some in our state right now, there's talk about budget cuts to the schools. And some of my coworkers are worrying about having jobs next year, but people closest to me that trust God and maybe their faith isn't as solid as they like it to be. So at times they do worry and stress. Now they're saying, you know what, Nate, I'm not going to worry about it. It's all in God's hands. And I'm just, I'm just not going to worry about it. And I said, yes, that is it because going back to this key 3 here key number 3 seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added or provided to you if you're doing if you're doing that if you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness everything else is going to work out but some people will say well how do you know that you have to have a deep intimate close relationship with god because The more you trust him, the deeper you trust him, guess what? The more you're going to trust in his sovereignty, that you know that he has the absolute best intentions for you. If we as parents know how to give good things to our children, how much more does God know that? But he gives us actually what is best for us. As parents we'd give what we think is best but sometimes our best is not good enough for them so we go to different avenues and try to figure those things out but God has absolute perfect knowledge on what is best for us individually so let's go back to this point seek first his kingdom and his righteousness what does that mean that means seeking Jesus Christ Growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, becoming as intimately close with Him as possible, conforming to His, his image. Okay, also that means of being obedient to His commands, continuing in God's Word, progressing in sanctification, and setting our minds on things above. And speaking of things above, and that's where we need to set our minds and our hearts on. Please turn back with me to Philippians chapter four, and now let's go back to. Verse six and seven, and then we're going to progress to eight and nine because that's what we're going to talk about next. That's what we need to set our minds on. So here we are be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now here we are to eight and nine. Finally, brethren whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Brothers and sisters, it really doesn't get any Easier than that. What What is on your minds? Because whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute, anything excellent, that's what we need to dwell on. And the literal translation for that is ponder these things deep in mind. And I'll tell you what, I'm just going to give you the the shortcut here for all those things. It's God. God and His Word and all the truths and promises in it. That's what our minds need to be focused on. And you know what? When we do those things, we dwell on those things, the God of peace will be with you. That's what it's about. So the question is, are you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness now i'm gonna take you to the final and greatest key and that's jesus christ himself jesus christ is our true source of peace that's where our minds need to be focused on is Jesus Christ alone. I'm going to take you to John 14, 27. Listen to this. This is Jesus talking peace. I leave with you. My peace. I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. It doesn't get any more crystal clear than that Isaiah 9 6 calls him the Prince of Peace in Ephesians chapter 2 this is what it says listen to this in verse 13 and this just this just blows me away listen to this verse 13 says but now in Christ Jesus you are Who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ here's verse 14 underline this in your Bibles for he himself is our peace see we want to focus on worldly peace we want to focus on peace with our lives with making hardships go away making trials go away making illnesses go away But you know what jesus did let's go to the end of verse 14 who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall so what does that mean at one point we were completely alien and hostile to god matter of fact by our sins and love for the world we hated god but through jesus christ through faith in him through his sacrifice on the cross we have now been made friendly and reconciled back to him again. And matter as a matter of fact, we are made peace through his blood of his cross, Colossians 1 and Romans 5 1 says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only through him do we have peace. And too many times we focus and fixate on The problems of this world the stresses the anxieties the worries but i want you to understand this that having a spiritual problem with god is far greater concern than any worldly concern that could ever come up so christ took away that hostility he took away that concern could you imagine being lost in your sins dead to your sins facing the judgment and wrath of God and then dying without Christ and standing before Him who is righteous, holy, who created the whole entire world and universe and He asks you, why didn't you believe in my Son? See, now that would be stress-inducing. That would be worrisome and something you could never rectify. But Jesus Christ paid the penalty of our sins on the cross so that we can stand just before a just, righteous, and holy God. That's why it's amazing. We have peace through Jesus Christ with God now. Matter of fact, and Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit, which produces peace within us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. So here's the deal. We often think that we need more of the Holy Spirit. No, we have the full Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We need to give ourselves more to Him. That's what we need to focus on. But we we focus on what we want to eat, what we have to wear, certain types of jobs I have to have, who's going to be Mr. or Mrs. Right, what about this, what about that, and the grand scheme of things, none of that matters except for Jesus Christ. And so, As we start to conclude here, I'm going to leave you with just a few couple verses here. And I want us to focus on now going back to John 14, 27. Jesus gives us his peace that the world cannot give. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let it be fearful. That's not easy. We have to put our faith into practice. We have to truly learn to come to terms with God's the only one that we can trust that our faith can rest securely in him and he will never let us down he will never leave us he will he will never forsake us and and to top it all off we now have eternal life and our eternal destination is not hell anymore it's not darkness and damnation. It's eternal life. It's the kingdom of his beloved son. And now we have went from people who hated God, who were hostile to him. We were objects and children of wrath, and now we became children of God. Our citizenship is not on this earth. Our, we have a citizenship in heaven. We are a royal priesthood whom God is our father now. So, no matter what life throws our way, no matter what illnesses may befall us, no matter what kind of turmoils and and stressful situations that may arise, nothing will be able to shake us at our core. Because Jesus Christ is our solid foundation. He is our peace. Nothing can separate us from Him. So, going back to John 14, 27, the word peace here... Reflects the Hebrew shalom, which became a greeting to his disciples after his resurrection. Now, at the individual level, this peace secures composure in difficult trouble, dissolves fear, and rules in the hearts of God's people to maintain harmony. The greatest aspect and the greatest reality of this peace will be in his kingdom. There'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. There'll be nothing to worry about. But even while we're on this earth, God gives us grace, peace, and mercy that the world cannot offer. And to top that all off, he gives us a love that is agape love, that is his own love. And you can read more about that in 1 Corinthians 13. But he gives us everything that we need. He gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Even when we go through the absolute fire, he is always there. He is always with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And he gives us a grace that is sufficient for us to get us from where we are to where we need to go. To get us to the other side. So we can rest in that. So I'm going to leave you with these two last verses. Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. When the next stressful situation comes up, pause, pray to God that He will give you the peace that goes beyond all understanding That surpasses all knowledge, all comprehension. And tell him, Lord, I trust you. I want to be still and I want to know that you are God. It will make a huge difference. Get in his word. Start trusting in it. Cast all those anxieties on him because he cares for you. And lastly, going back to the book of Philippians, which is so wonderful. But now we're going to go down to verse 19. It says, And my God will supply all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He will give you everything that you will ever need. And that is a promise. So with that being said, do not worry. Do not be anxious for nothing. What we need to do, we need to delight and meditate on God's word. We need to pray with unwavering confidence and trust that God is willing to do what is best for us. We need to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And we need to go to the only source of true peace and that is jesus christ immerse yourself in a loving sincere intimate relationship with him where we are crucified with christ and it is no longer us to live but christ lives within us and through us trust him people at all times everything will be okay everything will be okay because in the end Far better to depart and be with Christ. Amen? So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you all.